Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. There is a clear definition of what it means to be successful, represented by something like a new job title, inclusion in a secret society, a certain reputation, or anything like that. And this clear definition of what it means to be successful, this is according to the protagonist. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is 100% true in reality. And really, this is just a way for readers to track the protagonist's goal and to understand whether they've succeeded or failed. So it does need to be specific. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to go over the status genre conventions. So these are the character roles, the settings, the circumstances, and the micro events that must be present in your status story if you want to satisfy readers and write a story that works. I'm also going to show you how these conventions show up in the movie The Devil Wears Prada. If you're wondering why I'm using a movie instead of a book as an example, the simple answer is that movies require less of a time investment than books. And I'm hoping that if you haven't seen The Devil Wears Prada, then you'll at least watch it after listening to this episode to help cement these genre conventions in your mind. But before we dive into the conventions, let's quickly talk about what makes a status story or what makes the status genre unique. So what makes a status story? Status stories center around the protagonist's inner need for respect that manifests as a specific desire to achieve or accomplish something in the external world. In most cases, these characters want to improve their current social or economic position as a way to gain respect from others. And because this is an internal genre that represents the protagonist's arc, you will want to choose an external genre to pair with your status story. So the external genre you choose will act as the scaffolding to hang your status story on. In other words, the external genre will provide the plot while the internal genre provides the character arc. So our example today, The Devil Wears Prada, that is an external performance genre with an internal status arc. There's also a little bit of a romance subplot in there as well. So that's just something to keep in mind. And status stories can have any tone or style. They can be set in any place or time. They can have various levels of romance, adventure, mystery, or magic. They can include different subplots as long as the protagonist's inner need to gain respect and improve their standing in the world remains the story's focus. So why do people read status stories or what kind of emotions are they looking to feel? People choose these type of stories because they want to feel hopeful that the protagonist will succeed. They want to read about someone who works hard to improve their situation, and they want to feel a sense of triumph when that person succeeds. 
Readers want to feel like they're capable of raising their own self-esteem, just like the protagonist. If you're writing a status story with a negative ending, readers will likely expect to feel a sense of pity as the protagonist sells out their values more and more. But either way, like all genre fiction, you have to deliver the emotional experience readers are looking for in order for your story to work. And to deliver this emotional experience, you need to include the obligatory scenes and conventions of your genre in your novel. So just in case you've never heard these terms before, conventions are a well-defined set of character roles, settings, circumstances, and micro-events that are specific to a genre. They're the things that readers intuitively expect to be present in a work of genre fiction, whether they consciously realize it or not. Obligatory scenes are the key events, decisions, and discoveries that move the protagonist along his or her journey from A to Z. So these are the key scenes that are going to evoke emotional reactions in the reader, and when coupled with your genre's conventions, they will give readers the emotional experience they're looking for. Now, with all that in mind, as I go through these 10 conventions of the status genre, I want you to consider why each of these roles or settings or circumstances or micro-events would need to be present in a status story or consider the purpose they serve in the overall narrative. You're probably going to notice that each of these conventions has a really specific reason why it needs to be there. And because of that, you can use these conventions plus the obligatory scenes of the status genre to help you craft an outline or a really strong foundation of a first draft of a story that works. So with all that being said, let's dive into the 10 conventions of the status genre. As a freebie for today's episode, I've created a cheat sheet that lists out each one of these 10 status genre conventions. If you want to download that, you can go to savannagilbo.com forward slash status. So one more time, if you want to download the status genre conventions cheat sheet, go to savannagilbo.com forward slash status. Convention number one is that there's a protagonist who wants to rise in social or economic standing. So they really want that external validation and respect, but what they really need is self-esteem. And they need to redefine what success means to them. And because this is an internal genre, the protagonist does need to have some kind of inner obstacle, so a flaw, a wound, or an outdated belief relating to success at the start of the story. So as an example, in our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, Andrea wants a job in publishing so badly that she will do anything to get it, including working at Runway Magazine, which is a fashion magazine. So that's convention number one. The protagonist wants to rise in social or economic standing. They really want that external validation or respect, but what they really need is to grow in self-esteem. Convention number two is that there's an antagonist that opposes the protagonist and threatens their social or economic position. This could be a rival character who's gunning for the same thing or an authority figure like a boss. If the antagonist in your story is someone who dominates others to either maintain or gain a higher place in their standing, then your protagonist should probably be the opposite. So they should try to gain or maintain their standing by winning favor with others instead of dominating others or vice versa. So looking at our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, Emily is quite harsh to Andrea, but so is Miranda. Both women have an immediate impact on Andrea's ability to rise within the ranks of Runway Magazine, and both women tend to operate from a position of dominance rather than via winning favor with other people. So that's convention number two, the antagonist opposes the protagonist and threatens their social or economic position. 
Convention number three is that there is a clear definition of what it means to be successful, represented by something like a new job title, inclusion in a secret society, a certain reputation, or anything like that. And this clear definition of what it means to be successful, this is according to the protagonist. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is 100% true in reality. And really, this is just a way for readers to track the protagonist's goal and to understand whether they've succeeded or failed. So it does need to be specific. Now, in our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, it's clear that Andrea is expected to be fashionable. Everybody else at runway is fashionable. There are also clear milestones that Andrea is expected to hit, such as being trustworthy enough to deliver the book to Miranda. Also, if she's really successful, it might mean a trip to Paris for Fashion Week. For Andrea, she just wants to survive a year at Runway Magazine so that she can move on to a more substantial role in publishing, likely at a newspaper. So that is convention number three. There's a clear definition of what it means to be successful, represented by something like a new job title, inclusion in a secret society, a certain reputation, or anything like that. Convention number four is that the setting is usually very public and there's an audience to witness whether the protagonist succeeds or fails. And if they fail, this setting will no longer be available to the protagonist. So it's only for those chosen few who fit a very specific definition of success. In our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, the runway magazine office is very busy and very populated. Andrea will definitely be seen not only by coworkers, but by a lot of people in the fashion industry as well. So whether she succeeds or fails, she will be seen and she will be witnessed by others. And if she does fail, she will no doubt be fired, which means her access to runway magazine and this glamorous world of fashion and publishing will no longer be available to her in this way. So that's convention number four. The setting is very public and there's an audience to witness whether the protagonist succeeds or fails. Convention number five is that the protagonist faces social problems or moral challenges as they try to change their social or economic position. So these social problems or moral challenges could be anything like poverty, class divides, gender equality, homophobia, or anything like that. So in most cases, the protagonist is going to be somewhat of an underdog, and these social problems or moral challenges just make it that much harder for them to rise in social or economic standing. And this is also what's going to provide meaningful conflict that challenges your protagonist's outdated definition of success. So in our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, there is a whole lot of judgment directed at Andrea for the way she dresses and for how little she cares about the fashion industry. There's also quite a bit of betrayal and backstabbing happening around her too. So that's convention number five, the protagonist faces social problems or moral challenges as they try to change their social or economic position. Convention number six is that there's often a foil character who demonstrates a different path the protagonist could take in regards to success. This could be someone who is either sold out for success or someone who has redefined their definition of success in order to stay true to their values. It could be a friend, a family member, a colleague, or anyone that the protagonist has somewhat consistent contact with. So in our case study, there are quite a few characters who represent all the different paths that Andrea could take. Specifically, there's characters like Nigel, Emily, Miranda, and Christian. They all represent a different path that Andy could take. Convention number seven is that there's at least one mentor figure who gives the protagonist guidance, wisdom, or tools needed in relation to success for better or for worse. A flawed mentor might show the protagonist a shortcut or compromise that could result in getting to the finish line quicker. 
or a real mentor might advise the protagonist to remain true to their values, even if it means losing external success. So in our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, Nigel is a great example of a positive mentor for Andrea. He helps to keep her grounded and he, you know, kind of tells her the truth about the fashion industry and this world that she's entered into. Christian, on the other hand, is an example of a mentor with ill intentions. So she's kind of got a devil and an angel on her shoulder. And that is convention number seven. There's at least one mentor figure who gives the protagonist guidance, wisdom, or tools in relation to success for better or for worse. Convention number eight is that there is at least one shapeshifter character who says one thing and does another. And usually this person hinders the protagonist's ability to rise in social or economic position. This could be anyone from a rival coworker to a boss to a friend or a family member or really anybody in your entire cast of characters. In our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, Christian is a shapeshifter. He gets close to Andrea and even sleeps with her, all while knowing he's working with Jacqueline Follet to oust Miranda from her position. So that is convention number eight, at least one shapeshifter character who says one thing and does another, and usually this person hinders the protagonist's ability to rise in position. Convention number nine is that the protagonist has an inner obstacle, so some kind of wound or outdated way of thinking that they must overcome in order to gain self-esteem and or rise in social or economic position. And this inner obstacle or this outdated way of thinking should directly contribute to why they don't already have enough self-esteem to define success on their own terms. So consider your character's backstory here. What made them have these beliefs about success? What made them pursue that external thing that they're pursuing in your story? In our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, Andrea is willing to do whatever it takes to spend one year at Runway Magazine so that she can eventually move on to a different and more serious and substantial job in publishing. But what Andrea comes to realize is that it's not worth climbing the runway ladder and that she could actually be very happy with a smaller life. So living somewhere with her boyfriend, Nate, and maybe working for a local paper. So that is convention number nine. The protagonist has some kind of inner obstacle or outdated way of thinking that they must overcome in order to gain self-esteem and or to rise in position. Convention number 10 is that the ending in a status story is usually bittersweet. So the protagonist has either sacrificed their original external goal and gained the self-esteem needed to redefine success on their own terms, or they have sold out to accomplish their external goal, and in doing so, it should be clear to readers that they're not going to fulfill their potential. In most cases, they've probably had to let go of the thing they want to get what they need, or if it's a cautionary tale, they ignore the thing they need in order to get what they want. So in our case study, The Devil Wears Prada, Andrea leaves the fashion world after realizing that she does not want to be like Miranda. She ends up applying for a local paper and getting the job, and she gets back together with her boyfriend, Nate. So she did not get the big job in publishing that she initially wanted, but she is very happy nonetheless. So that is convention number 10. The ending of a status story is usually bittersweet. And that wraps up the 10 status genre conventions. So let's do a very quick recap before I let you go. Convention number one is that the protagonist wants to rise in social or economic standing, so they want that external validation or that external respect, but what they really need is self-esteem. Convention number two is that the antagonist opposes the protagonist and threatens their social or economic position. 
Convention number three is that there is a clear definition of what it means to be successful, according to the protagonist, which is usually represented by something external, like a new job title, inclusion in a secret society, a certain reputation, or something like that. Convention number four is that the setting is very public and there's an audience to witness whether the protagonist succeeds or fails. Convention number five is that the protagonist faces social problems or moral challenges as they try to change their social or economic position. Convention number six is that there is a foil character who demonstrates a different path the protagonist could take in regards to success. Convention number seven is there is at least one mentor figure who gives the protagonist guidance, wisdom, or the tools needed in relation to success, for better or for worse. Convention number eight is that there is at least one shapeshifter character who says one thing and does another, and usually this character hinders the protagonist's ability to rise in social or economic position. Convention number nine is that the protagonist has an inner obstacle or an outdated way of thinking related to success that they must overcome in order to gain self-esteem and or rise in position. And convention number 10 is that the ending of a status story is usually bittersweet. So that's it. Those are the 10 conventions of the status genre. And as a quick reminder, these are the elements that readers come to these type of stories for. So don't skip over these conventions or leave them out of your story. Instead, I'd encourage you to use them to help you flesh out and construct your story and then figure out a way to deliver these conventions in new and unexpected ways. If you do that, you're not only going to write a story that works, but you will probably gain fans for life too. And that's the dream, right? So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.